This is Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. I'm with my sidekick producer, Seth Hurd. Hey, Seth. Hello. We are one show away from the episode you got to be there for coming up on December 28th. We're going to look at having your greatest year ever in 2018. But today, love is the word. It's all about love. It's about love, Seth, and love conquers all Tis the season of giving, and I think one of the greatest gifts that we could give is love to another person, uh, love to a significant other, but also love to a vocation, love to the art, the craft, the essence of what you do. That's a different kind of love. And then there's also the love of self. And so many people, especially in a time of giving right now, uh, we forget about ourselves. We forget about our body. We eat, we drink, we stay up late, and we don't always treat ourselves like our genuine, true best friend. And you have to love yourself so that you can give love to other people and give love to activities, and, and that's passion. Uh, I did find an interesting definition of love. It does come from the Bible. Uh, it is the season. Uh, there is a lot of spirituality, uh, non-religious, uh, but this uh, is a definition. Uh, I think it's very appropriate. It's from uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind and envies no one. Love is never boastful nor conceited, nor rude, never selfish, not quick to take offense. Love keeps no score of wrongs, does not gloat over another's sins, but delights in the truth. There is nothing love cannot face. There is not limit to its faith, its hope, and its endurance. In a word, there are three things that last forever. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of them all is love. It's pretty profound. And who do you love? Who do you love? And are you really backing that love with deeds that reflect that love? It is the season of giving, Seth. And that's why uh, our show today is about love conquers all. I, I have been in a disagreement, believe it or not, with my significant other. I mean, how, how is that possible? I'm the zone <laughs> coach. Come on. But I do make some mistakes, and uh, maybe I do trigger a couple of uh, little landmines, and I did it, and, and I got some heat for it, and we get into a, a definite disagreement. In the middle of that disagreement, I'm looking at my wife and I'm thinking one thing, love conquers all. No matter what this agreement, disagreement is about, love conquers all. Adversity, especially in your career, I'm going to shift love from another person. Love what you do. Do what you love. 
but you really love it. And, and what that means is I even love the hardships. I even love the adversity. I love climbing over, going through, going under any challenge to reach whatever I'm trying to reach. I love the process. And I found that the great champions in everything love the process. It's not just loving the end result. Yeah, we all want that end result, you know, the dessert of all our trials and tribulations. But you got to love the process of just being alive and being a vibrant soul, having so many multitude of experiences. Love. This show is about love. And, and one of the things I want to do right now, and, and Seth, I'm going to walk you through it. Uh, and I'd like for the audience to walk through it. But as I mention it, I want you to pull up on the screen of space, whatever I mention, what it means to you. The picture, the image could be the sounds, the smells, the, the taste of whatever it is. But I want you to pull that up and think about love. Let's go to your significant other. Put this person in your mind's eye right now. Now, this is probably somebody you fell in love with and possibly you became friends with, and then you developed a deep love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love conquers all. So as you're picturing your significant other, mentally shower that person with unconditional love. No matter what they do, love. And now let's shift gears. Let's go to another arena, a parent arena. Your mom, your dad, I know mine loved me unconditionally. I, I did some things I know did not please my parents. I, I did, but they loved me unconditionally. Unconditionally, they loved me, genuinely loved me. And even when they punished me, and they did. They love me, and they did it for me out of love for me. Now, you know, I didn't understand that at the time. I remember being grounded for 30 straight days in prison, <laughs> in prison, caught drinking alcohol, 15 years old, not good. What was I thinking? Obviously, I wasn't having love for myself. I was just partying hardying. But here we go, 30 straight days, and on that 30th day, I'm getting ready to go out. I'm going to see my girlfriend. I've been in virtual lockdown, nothing, confined in my room. I'm in jail. The warden, not nice. I mean, I did everything. <laughs> I, they, I mean, they gave me bread and water. I mean, I, I got food, but uh, that was it. And on the 30th day, I'm preening in the mirror, never met a mirror I didn't like, and I I'm looking to go out for the night. My dad said, that's the 30th day. That's the entire day. It's all the way to midnight. I go, Dad, come on, man. Cut me some slack here. What, what's the deal? I, 30 days I've been in confinement in my room. You know, I'm in high school, for goodness sakes. I mean, well, well, come on. 30 days is 30 days. And I didn't go out. I couldn't believe it. I, I was shocked. I was pissed. I was not happy. Why, why'd they do it? Years later, why, why'd you do that? Why were you so hard on me? I loved you. And here I am, 68 years old, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for the lesson. I love you. And I, you know, I've told my own daughter, I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing. I don't like what you did. Right now, I don't like you. I still love you unconditionally, but right now, I don't like you. And I think that's what uh, I, my parents felt. Love conquers all. Go to your job. Shift gears right now. Go to your career. What do you love? And, and I'm warning you, if you're like, uh, I can't think of anything that I really love about this. Well, now you have a J-O-B. Now you just have a job. And you're doing it for a buck. And uh, over time, you're going to probably have a negative mindset. Find something that 
draws the passion, the vibrance, the excitement. You know, enjoyment is loving what you do. So right now, think about your career, your job, uh, your vocation. Do you love it? Do you love all about it? You may not like your boss. You may not love you. You don't need to love your boss. But you do need to love the essence of your craft, the essence of what you do. So many athletes I coach, they may not like the team they play on. They may not like some of their teammates. And they may not like how they feel with an injury, but if it's a hitter, I love hitting solid with an accelerated bat head. I love it. I love the sound of the ball off the bat. I like the feeling of it. I love that and want to replicate that over and over again. And if it's a pitcher, I'm coaching a couple of pitchers for next year in Major League Baseball. I love throwing baseballs to targets with late-breaking nasty stuff. I love that. And then I saw an athlete, and I've mentioned this before, before puking, laughing, puking, laughing simultaneously. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what's wrong? I've mentioned that on the show. But this person loved going through all the trials and tribulations to push himself to a world championship status. He loved the pain. He loved the anguish. He loved the process. You got to love what you do. You know, Jim, and with all the top pro athletes in the world you've coached, I bet you've never met one that, you know, you mentioned the pitchers. I bet you never met a pitcher that got there. Well, what got you there? Well, I just wanted a sports car. No, it's even on those single A days where I'm on a bus and it's tough and I'm not making any money. Man, the smell of the glove, you know, the sign from the catcher, getting a step onto the mound. That still has to feel like magic if you're going to make it to the top. Well, you know, that you, you fell in love with the game because of the sounds and the feelings and being in the moment. Being in the moment, that's something I love. I love being in the now. I love having conversations with people in the moment, looking people in the eye long enough to discern contact, uh, eye contact and uh, eye color, rather, and... Um, I genuinely love that, and I love helping people go to a place they can't go by themselves. Either they don't have the knowledge, or or maybe they just they don't know how to do it. I, I love helping people go there. Uh, my wife's asked me many, many times uh, recently, "When are you going to retire?" And and there's only one answer: When I don't love what I do, I'm done. But I love it. And I don't see me not loving it. And um, I was like that growing up playing tennis. I just loved to hit tennis balls. I lo- I couldn't fathom a day without playing tennis. I even envisioned when I was a younger man about being cremated, injected into a tennis ball, and I wanted one of my buddies to go out and tap uh, the ball around at Wimbledon uh, just so that I could one more chance go across the net and love the moment. And love the moment of somebody hitting me as a tennis ball. So this is the season where love conquers all. And, and I want you to do a little love inventory. And that, that's kind of what we're doing right now. So let's talk about your children. You know, not your Seth, but in general, people listening. What do you love about them? When you picture your oldest or your youngest or your next to the youngest and you see them in your mind's eye, I know you love them. What do you love about them? And, um, you know, holding my grandson for the first time a couple of months ago, it was love at first sight. I, I saw this kid, Bowen. Uh, big sausage fingers. He had huge hands. He's going to be <laughs> either a blacksmith or a, or a catcher in baseball. I mean, huge hands or maybe a receiver. Uh, but, you know, he gave me the, uh, a look. And, of course, I was using my imagination. He was just born that he was looking just at me. I'm not sure he could even see me, maybe just a uh, an object in, in the distance. But I felt 
love. Uh, he had no pretense whatsoever. Love him unconditionally. Is he going to make me mad? Am I not going to like him? Yeah, he may do a few things to his mom or dad or uh, to his friends or some things I may not like, but that's got nothing to do with me loving him unconditionally. Today, it's all about love. So we're going to break love down into some different arenas here to help you finish out the year strong and have a great holiday season. Neighbors, like your actual neighbors, not the concept of like, you know, don't uh, park too close to somebody in a parking lot so they have to squeeze in because, you know, that's rude and love your neighbor, your actual neighbors. Um, so you, you've, you know, you've got a neighborhood holiday party coming up and you've had some interesting kind of neighbor love experiences. Well, right? I, it, it's, uh, this was several years ago. Uh, the neighbors since moved away. Hopefully it wasn't uh, us uh, that caused the, our neighbor to move away. But, you know, we're decorating uh, our house with lights, and we had to bring uh, a, a third party in to help put the lights up into the trees, and, uh, you know, we, we needed equipment to do that. And with our zest and just zealous mindset and passion and love for the holidays, uh, we actually put lights on the neighbor's tree. So we decorated the neighbor's yard. By accident. It was one of those trees that, eh, maybe it's mine, maybe it's theirs. <laughs> well, it turned out it was theirs. They got so mad. They got furious, came out and started yelling at us. I had to call the company back to get back into this cherry picker to get back up into the tree to take we took their lights down, but you know what? Uh, I had no negative feelings. Yeah, I had to pay a few extra bucks. Uh, uh, it was free. Now, on the other side of our house, we decorated the other neighbor's tree, and they said, can you decorate the rest of our yard, please? <laughs> so they, they were happy. But, uh, you know, you got to love your neighbors and... Um, there is a saying that it takes a village to raise a child. And uh, you love your neighbors and give that love. Uh, it, hopefully, it's a boomerang. It's going to come back to you. And, and now if uh, my daughter is in the neighbor's yard, my daughter's doing something they shouldn't be doing, my neighbor can reprimand them. I, I have no challenges with that. And get on them and call us and let me know what's really going on. You know, neighbors... Our friends, no matter what, um, do you love your neighbor? Will you go and shovel your neighbor's walk without them asking? I'm out snow blowing mine. Why don't I just do the neighbors? Why don't I do the whole cul-de-sac that I live in? Why not? You know, love conquers all. And that could actually catch people off guard sometimes because I, I had a new neighbor this year and I took her garbage out, you know, Garbage day, went ahead and took care of it. Like, Take my garbage out? I'm like, yeah. You didn't go through it. Or no, I just took it out. I mean, you, I mean you, weren't going, you weren't going through the neighbor's garbage. <laughs> well, where you sat. I, think, I think for a minute she thought I was going to like try to sell her Amway or something. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> I, I took your garbage out. So now let me try to sell you soap. But no, it just, I just did it. Well, you I, know, I, I think, you know, you can have a plutonic love. You can have love for... Uh, what you do, you can have definite, uh, passionate, sensual love and romantic love with someone you really care about, a significant other. Um, but there's also a love of giving. You know, giving is uh, the love boomerang always comes back. You send out some love to your fellow man, you're going to get it back, and you're probably going to get more than you actually gave. And, and I think this is a time of giving. Uh, we don't always have reciprocity and get anything in return. But I think really love is when you give and I, I don't want anything in return, nor do I need anything in return. I need nothing. I, I don't want anything. I don't want kudos. I, I don't want uh, people to go, oh, wow, what a great deed you did. You've got to love it just for the fact that I love to give and love to help other people and love to help my neighbors. Uh, we can love our country as well. And a lot of people fight for our country and the armed services and love going out to them right now around the world who are, who not only love the country, but they're laying their life on the line 
for us, for our freedoms, for our democracy. And um, I love our military because of that, that people are willing to make the greatest sacrifice, an individual sacrifice for the benefit of the whole. Uh, that's love and love of country, uh, which brings me back to, are we treating our veterans when they come home with love once they come home? Uh, I'm saying that more and more right now. I really am. Uh, I was with someone actually yesterday uh, regarding veterans and what I could do, and could I give the blueprint to some veterans who may leave the armed forces and not have a, uh, a blueprint for living their personal life as opposed to their military life. And he said, why are you doing that? And I said, well, I love my country too. And, and, and I love uh, the people that sacrifice for it. You know, love just takes so many forms, Seth. And, and um, you can love someone that in a romantic, even uh, sensual way, even though they've got their hair pulled back, they got no makeup and, and they're scrubbing the commode you know, in the bathroom. <laughs> I still yeah. love you. I love you unconditionally. I know my parents gave me that. My significant other now gives me love, and that's what this show is all about. So who do you love? What do you love? And are you really showcasing your love? Are you really giving love freely, wanting nothing in return? And... Uh, that's what I want you to ponder. It's, it's a great time, not just of the year. I think it's a great time to be alive. Are there negatives? There are. Are there some divisiveness? Oh, my goodness. Uh, most I've seen in uh, my lifetime. But what's that got to do with me loving my neighbor? What's that got to be with loving my significant other, my children, or even loving what I do as a vocation. What's that got to do with it? It doesn't have anything to do with it. But I think we get so caught up in all the trials and tribulations of juggling job and family, you know, our career, personal money, our own wellness. Uh, we forget that one thing that brings us together and holds us together, and that's love. Love conquers all. I've heard you talk about love and no regrets. Tell me how you connect those two things. I love my mother unconditionally. As a matter of fact, I would give right now all my earthly possessions just to have lunch with my mother and my father, but my mother one more time. And I, I can look back in my life and say, wow, do I have any regrets of being the son of of James and Lahoma Fannin. Do I have any regrets? There's some things I would like to have done. Uh, for example, my mother always wanted to go to Paris. She had this love affair for Paris in her mind's eye, visualizing the Champs d'Elysees, uh, the Louvre, the Eiffel Tower, uh, the little bistros, the cafes that she'd read about seen in movies, seen on television. My mother always wanted to go to Paris, and I, I promise, Mom, I'm going to take you to Paris. One of the athletes I coached won the French Open. <clears throat> Another athlete uh, was runner-up at the French Open. And uh, I also coached the Italian Davis Cup against the French in Paris. So... I've been to Paris many, many times, and it is the city of lights, and I, I love it. I really love all that it represents, the food and um, the sights and the sounds of Paris. But do I have a regret? Well, it's something I wanted to take my mom to. Uh, but I did my best, and, and um, I booked a trip to take my mother to Paris, and um, she died. Before that trip, uh, obviously I had to cancel that trip. She died unexpectedly. Was it a regret? No. No, I have no regrets. Um, I gave my mother as much love as I could and um, shared as much with her as I could. So uh, no regrets. 
And so that just looks like when we're tying it all the love theme, just giving. And so, you know, even though you didn't actually get to execute on the trip and go, she knew that you were giving her something that she'd always dreamed of. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and I shared Paris with her over the years yeah. a lot. And uh, she vicariously went to Paris through my eyes and through my passion. And, you know, I was telling her all about the Louvre and, you know, and how I uh, actually took a snapshot of uh, the Mona Lisa and the guards came and got me and, and all that. It was, <laughs> you know, it was not good. Uh, and there was a sign that said no flash. And, yeah, you know, I, I didn't, I was so in awe of the painting, I actually took a flash, and here they came, and, uh, but my mother thought that was hysterical, and shame on me, but <laughs> uh, she, she loved my stories uh, about uh, a little hillbilly boy uh, finally traveling to a place she loved and wanted to go, Paris, so uh, I have no regrets uh, there, but you know, it, boy, is there anything greater than a mother's love? Um, Boy, probably not. Um, there's just something about having your kid. And again, I don't like what you do. I took the door off my daughter's bedroom because she would slam the door and go under her room and pout and not come out. And, and she wasn't making great grades. She was making decent grades. Don't get me wrong. She was a good student, but not to her ability. And I remember taking the door off. No, she has no door. You can't slam the door. There's nothing to slam. Your door's gone. Took it down in the basement of the house. And she goes, you don't love me. I said, I love you more than stars in the sky and sand on the beach. I just don't like you right now. I don't like the way you behaved. And I gave her a list of all the things that I didn't like, but that had nothing to do with my unconditional love. She was so happy when she finally got her door back after a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's got to seem like a huge luxury, actually. Uh, well, yeah, she didn't even realize, wow, I have a door. <laughs> this you, is great. You don't, you don't miss a door until you don't have one. And of course, 2017 has been an amazing year. Jim Fannin show, thousands of people from around the world. We've heard from multiple continents coming together. And we love and that we you're lo listening. And we love you. We, and love, we love it. You. We do. We do. <laughs> You know, but of course, we gather here week to week to talk about peak performance, to talk about the score system, to talk about getting into the zone. Talk to me about love and your passionate vision and goals, how those two things have to go together. You know, when you start thinking about 2018 and, and, and what you want to accomplish, uh, that vision, uh, the major vision of your primary arena, that doesn't mean it's the most important area of your life, but it's usually your career or professional athlete, your sport. You have to love the challenge. You have to love the process. You have to love just the thought of overcoming obstacles. And the higher you go, there's going to be more obstacles. The mountain that you need to climb, as you get close to the apex, it gets really steep. And there's a lot of people that fail, a lot of people that fall. And I think the love of that vision, because you've thought about it, that'll pick you up. Love for what you do will drag a tired body across the finish line. Your mind will do that. And I think love definitely comes from the heart, but it comes from all the images that you have in your mind. And when you see other people in your mind's eye, see them happy. See them awesome. And love to see them that way. Even in reality, they might not be that way at all. Uh, I know great coaches love what they do. They really love it. They love trying to pull a group of young men or young women together with one common cause or a mixed group of people on a corporate team. You have to love to do that, and, and you have to love to overcome these challenges, and you have to love the people's efforts 
that are given for any of those endeavors. And, and a great coach sees a superstar when everybody else says, that person shouldn't be on the floor or on the field or on the court. They shouldn't even be playing. But a great coach has that love for that person's talent and their ability to nurture that talent at the right time and place. Coaches have love for that. That's what keeps coaches coaching. And that's what help, helps coaches when things don't click. They still love the essence of their craft of inspiring and motivating people to do more than they think they can do and to chase something that uh, requires a collective effort, not an individual effort. You got to love that. You got to have passion, enjoyment, enthusiasm for that. So there's different kinds of love, but uh, they will all help you take that next step toward wherever you want to go. Those love steps. Now, if you've just found the Jim Fannin Show, you've just joined us within maybe the last month. Jim's journey to helping all kinds of people from the names you would know in business to entertainment to sports have all uh, actually had their root in coaching professional tennis. He was a tennis pro himself and then um, helped other tennis pros after his career was done and then has moved into every other sport, uh, business and entertainment. Now, I'm guessing that when you have come into some of these situations and you got the hitter that can't hit the ball anymore in Major League Baseball, you got the quarterback who is mechanically fine, but all of a sudden mentally scrambled, the love is not there, right? And that's one of the things that's fallen off off of the radar. So how have you helped people get that love back for what they're doing? Uh, when you've walked in and it's somebody that used to be good or has kind of been at the bottom of you know the bottom of the barrel, just kind of hanging around professional golf, hanging around professional tennis, barely a pro, what is the first step to getting that love back if you lost it? Well, the first step for me as a coach um, is to showcase my love for helping them overcome these obstacles. And if I don't love doing this, and I, I, if I don't see their vision every day of where they want to be in finished, complete state, see, every thought I have as a coach is being broadcast to my clients. They can, they can hear it in my tonality, my voice inflection, when I only talk to them by phone. They can read my body language for every thought that I have. And they can feel my emotion. They can feel my passion. They can feel my love uh, for helping them. And um, they can pick up the vibe. So I, I think the key to help somebody as a coach or a teacher, you have to exude love in helping them. And that's where I start. I start right there. I see them successful. I do have a challenge with a lot of clients because one thing that I, I promise every client, I'm, I'm onboarding a, a client uh, today, a new client, and I write my client list down every day. It's never in the first, you know, same order. And, and I have my clients posted on the computer, and I, I could easily go there, but I, I do it old school. I, I've mentioned this before. I write everybody's name down every day. Who, whoever's at the top of the list, I probably just talked to you a few minutes ago. Whoever's at the bottom, I, maybe I didn't talk to you two days ago. Um, but I not only write their name down, but I get relaxed. I get into a zone state. I unhinge my jaw. I shut my eyes. And I see, in my mind's eye, them accomplishing their vision. I see it. I see it every single day. Now, my challenge is, is, wait a minute, I'm seeing it every day. Did you see it today? And if they said, you know, I really wasn't thinking about it. Well, <clears throat> our partnership is not congruent. I, I have a challenge with that, and I'll get on them. Wait a minute, I'm seeing it and you don't? Uh, what's wrong with this picture? So I think the first thing in helping someone rekindle their passion and and their love of their craft, their essence is, you know, I've got to have it. Secondly, 
uh, so many clients that come to me, they've, like you said, Seth, they've lost that passion because they've had setbacks. They've lost that passion because other arenas in their life have literally interrupted their quest for whatever they originally wanted in that one arena, their, their primary arena, their sport, their career. And um, I ask them, what, what do you do for a living? That stymies every client I've ever talked to. I, I talked to Frank Thomas, first time I ever met him. What do you do for a living in that conversation? And he goes, uh, I hit home runs. I said, well, what's the essence of what you do? Um, I drive in runs. Uh, I play baseball. I said, do you pitch? No. Okay, what's the essence of your craft? And he hadn't thought about it. And it came down to I hit a baseball solid with an accelerated bat head. I hit solid. Alex Rodriguez said that affirmation, I hit solid. I'm not exaggerating more than 10,000 times in his career, over and over and over. And that's something uh, that I know to this day that Alex Rodriguez misses. And I know to this day that Frank Thomas misses that feeling, those sounds, even the smell of the game of hitting a ball solid with an accelerated bat head. Uh, a salesperson, what do you love about your job? I, I love inspiring and motivating people to improve their quality of their business life or their personal life at a price they can afford. That's not selling. That's not closing. That's opening a relationship. And, and that's bonding with someone. And um, there's love for doing that. It's a different love than uh, a romantic love, obviously, or love of a significant other. It's a, it's a different love as an unconditional love for having a child. I, I get that. But love does make the world go round. And that's something that I know we have right now in America. I know we have love. But I think we've stopped showcasing it. I think we've been blinded by all the negatives in, in the world because we get negatives 20 to 1 quicker than we get positives. That's just the way the news is. That's the way social media is. People like showcasing the train wreck. And then at the end of the broadcast for like, you know, 15 <laughs> seconds, they'll show a puppy being rescued in a pond or something. And go, yeah, you know, let's end it on that. But the majority of the show was things I don't want to see and nothing I can do about it. So we need to showcase love. I think one of the ways to showcase love is love being in the moment. Love life as it is right now. We put our happy eggs, our love eggs, in point B, where we're going. I'm going to love it better when I reach my goal. Now I'm going to be happy it. when I make the playoffs, when I lose weight, when I get promoted. Yeah. And life is short. We all know that. We only talk about it when we've had some physical uh, setback. I'm in the hospital. Oh, wow, life's short. Or a near-death experience. That, that'll conjure up the old life is short moniker, definitely. When you realize, oh my goodness, you know, two seconds one way or the other, and I wouldn't be here. Yeah, I love life now, but why not love and life every second, no matter what the conditions, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation? It doesn't matter. Love, taking a breath of fresh air, love, being with other people that have your passion, that's exciting, that's fun. Don't you love that? I got to tell you something, you, you know, I hear this a lot with athletes. What do you miss most about being, you know, you're now retired. What do you miss the most? And I hear this over and over again. And I do know they love missing the essence of the craft because that they can control. But they also love the camaraderie, the locker room, the people, because it's, it's 25 men and, and uh, 
uh, obviously in baseball, it, you know, it's nine guys uh, on the field. It's 11 on the field in football, five in basketball. It's people enjoying being around other people that have a love affair for attaining something greater than themselves. That's fun. That's exciting. Pulling together and uh, figuring it out together. Being in the foxhole, the trenches together. Going through adversity together. Loving that process. So, you know, I've got a lot of clients now that are retired. Some are now managers and coaches in their sport. Uh, going to hopefully spread uh, uh, zone experiences with uh, their new students. But love permeates the great ones. The great ones love what they do. The great ones do what they love, and they, they surround themselves with other people that are that, are that passionate. So uh, love conquers all. And as we are in the spirit of giving, the season of giving, we have a very special way to close out the last Jim Fannin show before we, we transition over into, you know, cause this next one, this is a big one. You got to join us December 28th Zoniacs from around the world. We're getting together. You got to light some candles. You're going to grab a notebook together. We are going to walk through your best 2018. So, so, so I do, I do have a, I do have a little gift to give everybody, but, but before we get into that gift, what do you need? What do you need, Seth? Do you need self-discipline? Because you've now pulled your car up to the drive-up window of the Zone Cafe. This is where the Zone is. You walk away and you order one of these five menu items, the one that's the missing link, and those five items are self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment. Each and every one of you have high or low levels of these five ingredients at any given time, but you're responsible for all repairs because self-discipline in you, concentration in you now, optimism in you now, relaxation and enjoyment that's in you right now, those five components, those intangibles, they do trigger natural body chemistry. But those five form a domino-like chain, and that, those chains, once they're at a high level each, and they're connected, your performance level will rise swiftly all the way to the ultimate zone state, a purposeful calm where nothing can go wrong. The ultimate mindset that even transcends the, the mind and permeates the body. But if your score level is out of balance, which it may be now, it'll plummet into the opposite of the zone, the opposite of love, and that's a depressed state that I affectionately call the downs. The downs. An attitudinal quicksand. The more you try to get out of it, the more you descend into the lower levels of it. It could be a severe, even permanent depression. This is where disease resides, injury resides, sadness, loneliness, and all those things that we definitely don't want to be talking about at this time of year. But that is prevalent. But you have an option. There's one thing I know, your score level, which is the combination of these five uh, intangibles, it's going to rise and fall. A dirty look, a, a text, an email. Somebody flipping you off in a traffic jam, you know, it, it's pretty easy, if you allow it, for your score level to rise and fall. But love, going back to our show today, love will cause those five components to rise. But right now, you're at the drive-up window, you got the motor running, you got the window down. Seth, you can order a large, large bag of self-discipline. That's a blueprint. That's a willingness and commitment to executing the task to turn the goals within that 
blueprint into reality. You can have a big playful of concentration where you can narrow your focus and it'll help you stop juggling 30 things instead of maybe only one or two that you need. It'll help give you more quality, more accuracy in all your performances. Maybe that's what you need to order. Maybe that's the missing link to being in a zone state. Or you might need optimism. Big bucket of optimism, and, and that's belief and expectancy, trust, knowing that all those tasks you want to do and all those goals you have, it's going to lead you to that vision. Maybe you need that, but maybe you need a big old tall glass of relaxation that as soon as you take a sip out of the straw, ball, ah, peace, tranquility. Um, Complete comfort, free from worry, free from anxiety. Would you like a big tall glass of relaxation right now? Maybe that's what you need. You know, the holidays, there's a few shopping days left. You may be freaking out, you know. Maybe you run out of money. Maybe your relaxation's a little bit low. Maybe that's all you need, but you got to be aware of what you need. That'll repair it 90% of the time, that part of the score chain. But maybe, maybe you need some passion. Maybe you need some excitement. Maybe you need to smile more. Maybe you need enjoyment. And we've got a slab of enjoyment today. This is the happy meal that maybe that's all you need. As soon as you devour that, boy, you got to bounce in your step. You're, you're not 6'1", you're 6'8". And if you're 6'6", six, six, now you're 7'2". You just feel awesome. You got a little dopamine flowing through the blood, you know? What do you need, Seth? What are you ordering? Just got a few days left in this Christmas season yeah. for sure. What, what are you ordering? What I'm you going want? with enjoyment. Uh, you know, I cannot wait for these next few days. Do the family thing. Do the holiday thing. Do the celebration thing. And then, you know, and then we look at 2018. But for right now, staying in the present, living in the moment, enjoyment. All so the everybody way. listen, what, what do you need? What do you personally need right now at this point? in your life to balance out your score level, which represents your overall attitude, what do you need? And um, I, I know one thing, if you add a little bit of love, it might pull all of them up. <laughs> it might pull every single one, self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, enjoyment. But you know, the, Seth, the zone is in all of us right now. Myself, you, everyone listening, the zone's right here. It's inside of us. And um, get it out. Let it out in the open. Give it a little bit of air. Put it on like Michael Jordan told me once. Put it on like an overcoat. Was I in awe when he told me that face-to-face? It was like, whoa, I've seen you play. I know you can, and I know you did. Put it on like an overcoat. Love conquers all. Decide what you want at any given time in your score level. I'm glad you came to the Zone Cafe. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a significant integral part. I'm thanking you, Seth, for being on the show and uh, for loving the show and producing the show and putting it together. Thank you very much. Uh, A happy holiday. Merry Christmas to you and your family. And, uh, And to everybody listening, I really love your support. I I love the challenges and helping you overcome challenges. Challenges are okay. The more challenges we have, we just know we're climbing an awesome mountain and it needs to be climbed because you can. And um, spread a little love, everybody. And now I'd like to give you a gift. Uh, I did this a few years ago. This has been in the Jim Fannin archives and uh, it's my rendition of Twas the night before Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. It was the night before Christmas when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. My stocking was hung by the chimney with care in hopes that Santa would soon be there. I was nestled all snug in my bed while visions of being a champion danced in my head. I'd sent Santa my list of things I wanted for me, but most of all, 
it was to be the best I could be. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. Stunned and shocked as it approaches, a miniature sleigh and eight tiny coaches. With a little old driver, so speedy and quick, I knew it was Santa so round and so thick. More rapid than eagles, his assistants came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Bill Jackson, Adolph Rupp, Bill Walsh, Lombardi, Coach K, Auerbach, Scotty Bowman, Wooden, Tom Landry, he'd say. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. So up to the housetop, the coaches, they flew, with a sleigh full of wisdom and Santa too. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney, Santa came with a bound. A bundle of books he had flung on his back. He looked like a peddler just opening his pack. As he opened his mouth, I filled full of dread, but he smiled with a twinkle, and then he said, Don't you know that what you have is enough? You're thinking too much. Your head's got too much stuff. See what you want, then think it the same. Rifle your thoughts and really take aim. Put on the blinders and never stray. Be the hungry cheetah that needs to eat today. Believe in your talent. Expect it to be. Your cost is sacrifice. It sure isn't free. Be cool, especially when the money's on the table. And soon you'll be wearing the champion's label. Loving what you do and doing what you love is what the great ones do like my assistants above. And laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod up the chimney, he rose, he sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim from the archives of old, Merry Christmas to all. Good fortune favors the bold. Happy holidays, everybody. Ho, ho, ho.